Chapter Eleven of Entrapped by Alice Mangold Deal. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. It was nearing the close of the season along the Riviera. The sun, delightful enough during the first three chilly months of the year, was beginning to scorch and burn its votaries in early April. The white town of Nice, with its background of grey hills, its glaring white roads, its groves of orange and lemon trees, palms, cacti, and feathery, red-berried pepper trees, dazzled the eyes as it reflected the sunshine. The oily Mediterranean was almost an indigo blue against a sapphire sky, where it was not rich violet, as on the horizon where ocean and heaven seemed to meet and melt into one. The gay crowd, with its sprinkling of pale invalids in carriages or bath-chairs, was seemingly gayer than ever, and composed of the usual picturesque cosmopolitan materials. Americans, English, French, Italians, with a sprinkling of Orientals, it strolled along the seashore, gazing and chattering. It drove, displayed its toilettes, listened to the bands, gambled in the semi-private clubs in a refined, if costly, manner, or openly took the train and joined the daring and above-board gamblers at Monte Carlo. In one of the giant hotels, some of whose windows commanded glimpses of the famous promenade and the rolling blue waves on the pebbly shore, Basil Hamilton, as Andrew called himself, and his wife, Zara, had established themselves. Andrew had carried out his intentions. The day after he had, in his constant secret dread and anxiety, obtained a special license, the day when he heard of the visit of some strange man to Zoe at the hotel, a man who had actually asked for her by the assumed name he flattered himself could only be known by himself and his betrothed they met at the registrar's and the knot was tied which made them man and wife then he went off at once by himself to paris zoe following alone the next day was met by him on her arrival at the terminus she had expected to enjoy a few days at least in paris but andrew took his bride south by the night mail the first week was spent at Arcachon, the second at Yeres, the third found the newly married couple established at the Nice Caravanserai, the Grand Hotel des Pellerins. I have thought it well over, Andrew said abruptly to his wife, their long stay in quiet, beautiful Yeres. It is better to put a bold face on everything, and face life in a crowd. We shall be more lost in one of those big hotels, darling, than if we took an appartement and slunk about in a self-conscious fashion. Besides, as Basil Hamilton, I have no reference to give. I might, of course, give old Pearlby, but I don't want letters of mine to go to his office from here. I might give our bankers at Nice, but better not. It might lead to people discovering who we really are. Then all the scandal would blaze. How it would blaze! He spoke bitterly, and Zoe felt indescribably wounded. At Arcachon and Yeres he had been the ideal bridegroom. He had simply lived for her, had been the passionate, adoring lover, had it not been for flashes of remorseful pain when she remembered the past, when she thought how she had dared to wish the poor uncle dead whose money was now giving her her happiness, her life would have been simply heaven on earth. But no sooner were they established at the Grand Hotel des Pellerins, then all his preoccupation, his fretfulness and irritability, yes, and his actual coldness in her regard, returned in full force. She was chilled to the very core of her heart, for she had already learnt the fact that the greatest hold her husband had upon her affections was his passion for her, and no sooner were they married than she began to feel disillusion in regard to the marriage state. What had she expected? 
she hardly knew she could only say to herself frankly that if it were not for the seeming joy she gave her husband she would find no pleasure in this constant oppressive tete-a-tete -tete with a man it was not that her lover's presence bored her but that it was too much it was overwhelming at times when she lay awake at night andrew snoring at her side in a semi-intoxicated sleep he liked french wine and indulged freely in the most costly brands or when she would sometimes get rid of him as she termed it to herself to bathe or be shaved or to play a game of billiards she would think back with longing to her life at heatherly court where she had some solitude also other companionship she even yearned for the old days at newnham house school forgetting how her godmother's successor had spent her ill-humour at finding she had made a bad bargain in its purchase in ruling her with the proverbial rod of iron at first it was almost a relief when andrew became moody abstracted and irritable she made no efforts to cajole him into a more complimentary humour it is better than those everlasting kisses she told herself with a shiver little imagining in her ignorance the actual significance of such a shudder in the bride of less than a month the hotel was full it was one more frequented by americans french and other nationalities than by english still before they arrived andrew had impressed upon her not to make any acquaintances among the ladies you will i dare say arouse their curiosity and the most inquisitive will make a dead set at you he said you have your remedy say a civil word or two smile and retire to your salon that was my reason in going to the expense of taking private rooms that you might keep yourself to yourself as the saying is and you will you avoid the men asked zoe innocently as far as is necessary he returned after a short pause but i hope no one would be able to draw me besides men are not like women my dear they respect themselves therefore they respect others women are well it is unnecessary for me to say any more at all events to you being a woman you might fancy yourself insulted perhaps that conversation was the little rift which was the commencement of a slight gulf which slowly but surely began to yawn between husband and wife zoe resented andrew's imputation she liked her own sex in childhood and her girlish days alike she had had friendships with and had even felt very strong affection for other children and girls she had never felt their presence a weight either as she felt her husband's she would glance wistfully at the ladies opposite when they dined at the table de haute when some of the french and american women who admired both herself and the lovely jewels andrew bought for her during his brief stay in paris smiled and ventured upon a few introductory remarks she gazed at them sweetly as she replied to them but her answering smile was very sad that pretty little woman has a story i am certain of that said a mature american heiress to the grave silent young canadian whose eyes zoe was forever meeting fixed upon her with a curious perplexed expression and zoe's idea was he has lost someone who looked like me and i remind him of her or he fancies he has seen me before somewhere as she swiftly glanced away when she happened to meet his eyes but she felt flattered that he was interested in her she liked his face his eyes looked so good i don't believe that man ever did anything mean or dishonourable in his life she thought no doubt miss cartwright he returned has not every charming member of your sex a history if only of a pitilessness to ours which has possibly tempted fate to revenge our injuries for us 
it is the first time i have heard fate mentioned as masculine said his acquaintance with whom he had a mildly platonic flirtation as she helped herself plentifully to ice-cream but that girl's fate is a male creature or i am very much mistaken i don't like the look of that husband of hers at all since the early days at the hotel des pelerins when that conversation took place miss cartwright who was large buxom with a beaming face and a loud voice made a dead set at zoe as zoe somewhat plaintively told andrew adding what am i to do oh well you may know her he somewhat roughly returned that friend of hers the canadian chap played billiards with me last night and lost heavily i shall make pots of money out of him before i've done with him i can see that what do you say i don't want money you little innocent it is just fellows like me who have tasted oof that long to wallow in it zoe inwardly recoiled although she did not gather the full significance of his speech how should she her preparation for life having been the constant companionship of a religious schoolmistress who was also a godmother full of solicitude for her soul then a few months stagnation at heatherly court varied by andrew's love-making but she was pleased to be able to know miss cartwright she visited her in her handsome rooms the finest in the hotel admired the beautiful knick-knacks she had bought during her travels and the profusion of lovely plants and cut flowers everywhere about then went for a drive with her in her gay equipage with the dark italian coachman and pair of arab horses decked with bells her spirits rose with this new companionship miss cartwright rattled off stories of her amazing experiences as they drove into the hilly country behind the town she summered in her own country and wintered in the south having spent her first years in england and her early womanhood in europe principally florence zoe laughed as she listened and her laughter enhanced her beauty the shrewd american thought as driving up to the hotel front the two men andrew and the canadian who were lounging in the entrance smoking gazed admiringly at her the husband had better look out i fancy she told herself as when they alighted andrew came forward and introduced his companion captain grant zara he said then he turned on his heel and walked up the steps at miss cartwright's elbow the action was so extraordinary in zoe's idea that she simply turned and gave an astonished stare at the captain then she blushed furiously stammered some incoherent observation about having seen him before with miss cartwright and started to follow her husband and her new friend poor little soul thought grant as he began to talk saying pleasant things about andrew's clever billiard playing and asking her if she would not come in with miss cartwright after dinner and see them play five hundred up if we get through if not it is to be continued to-morrow he added to his astonishment zoe gave him an indignant stare and a cool bow and disappeared in the direction of the stairs upon which he strolled out again and with a fresh cigar between his lips paced up and down the part of the promenade opposite the hotel the ice is broken he told himself grimly as he gazed alternately at the lights twinkling in the rooms he knew were the hamiltons and at the smoothly rolling darkening blue sea with its phosphorescent flashes there was something solemn about this post-sunset hour so dangerous to invalids and the delicate all the gay crowd had vanished except for a few belated carriages and a sprinkling of the canal as his new acquaintance basil hamilton contemptuously termed the nisois the white road between the avenue of palms and tree-ferns and the pink rose-studded hedges was deserted the marble and white stone hotels and villas looked tomb-like against the mysterious background of dusky hills and the pale darkening sky where myriads of stars were glittering points like scintillating diamonds he thought deeply seriously of the task he had set himself 
the rescue will it be short or long in the doing he asked of his own mind sensitive tender she is already somewhat disillusioned i believe thank heaven for it to such a nature a moral blow would be worse than death if indeed it did not lead to it end of chapter eleven